Hello, everybody, and welcome back to part four of the sequel showdown. And something I just want to call out, Jake has a little beverage this evening, um, and it is perhaps the the worst creation I've seen in a very long time. I'm celebrating and, our final, like our first final bracket, all right? It's a celebration. And I, I've drank at some dingy college bars, and I've not seen anything this shit tier. It's really horrifying to hear what Jake is drinking. It, so he has... He, he rolls up to the recording with a with a pint. It looks like a light beer. <laughs> and we're like, oh, yeah, we're all drinking a beer or something, hanging yeah. out. And he goes, looks like a light beer, doesn't it? We go, yeah. <laughs> no, it is four shots of fireball and ginger ale. Canada Dry, sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> it is the worst version of a whiskey ginger I've ever heard of. Okay, but it's in an Urban South Hudat Golden Ale glass, so doesn't that make it a little better? Uh, maybe. <laughs> it's doing weird things to my body, I, I will admit. Like, yeah, it's, Jake's going to be <laughs> trashed by the end of the episode. <laughs> it's okay, I drank some tea before to loosen up my voice, so I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> uh, with that... <laughs> I'm Matthew. I'm Alex. And I'm Jake. And today we've got our first uh, finals. This is Sequel Showdown. If you haven't watched the other three episodes, you probably should have because you're going to be pretty confused. This is the show where eight movies enter a bracket and one remains at the end. Crowned the victor. Today we're going to find out what that movie is, who will be crowned the victor of Sequel Showdown. And that's not just the best movie or the best sequel. It is both, you know, it's a mixture of performance, directing, character, and how they function as a sequel. We're going to have The Dark Knight and Shrek 2 going up against each other in this final. But before that, how about some honorable mentions? Jake is just slamming that whiskey ah, ginger. I have to pound through it. <laughs> I have to get through it. I, I promise I'll be in a in a good state. Do you wanna do you wanna go first? First with the first honorable mention, Jake? So these are things that just barely didn't make the cut for the bracket. For me, the first one that came to mind, one I kind of like struggle with that I probably would have picked um, as a sub. Uh, Blade Runner 2049. I really enjoyed oh. that film. Uh, beautiful film. I thought it complicated things well. I'm a sucker for genre if you haven't found out by now. So like horror, sci-fi, that kind of deal. Like love it. Think they're underrated. Great stuff all around. I really enjoyed that film. So yeah, I mean, I think that that's probably an option. A lot of people, uh, if they had commented, <laughs> but we're releasing the entire bracket at once, uh, they probably would have shouted that one out. I think that's a really common one for a movie that's... Mm -hmm both a very good movie and even better than the original. Yeah. Shout out Roger Deakins mm -hmm. getting your first Oscar. Finally, <laughs> a common trend that we're going to have, I think just throughout this show, but also in these honorable mentions is Alex hasn't seen that one. And this is one of those I heard it was good. I saw the original Blade Runner. Okay. But did you see the director's cut of the original? Ooh, that I don't know. Might be a good future theme. Just just throwing that out there for you, gents. Oh, director's cuts. Mm. I agree. My three movies with that would be all of the Lord of the Rings. All of the, the three Lord of the <laughs> you Rings. You would make us watch so much. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's fun. I would. I would do that. Hey, remember how I thought about Godfather Part Two? Just saying. <laughs> not to not to steal the thunder, <laughs> but just mentioning the Lord of the Rings. One of the ones that almost made the cut for me was either of the Lord of the Rings sequels. I think 
probably in particular Return of the King, just because it builds so elegantly off of the, you know, so many storylines built up in the first two movies. More credit to Tolkien than anything else, but still uh, truly fantastic. I mean, I think you have to give credit, though, there to Peter Jackson's the way that Peter Jackson, like, interpreted the stories and, you know, put them on the big screen because in those first three movies really are masterfully. I mean, because I guess it did come down to like, there's so much to pick and choose of what you're going to show and managing to phrase out what is the important bits in a novel series like the Lord of the Rings is really pretty impressive. Yeah. So you're telling me y'all don't fuck with Desolation of Smog? The Battle of Five Armies. The wolves (laughs) are my favorite army. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice, nice. Speaking of wolves, how about that Wolverine? I'm talking about the movie Logan. Wow. Are we on our game? Did we write these transitions? Maybe. It's almost like we did, but I promise you, dear listener, we did not. In terms of superhero movies, I think especially uh, Logan came out in 2017, which was you know, pretty deep into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You have so many X-Men movies. You have the DC EU really like starting to pick up its pace. Such like a saturated superhero genre. And then Logan comes out and it's this like, it's just really good. Hugh Jackman does a great job as a disheveled old man. And I'm like not even a huge X-Men movie fan, but I just thought this one was really good. I also think you can you can make arguments for like X2 people like really like applaud. Uh, also, Days of Future Past. That's also like one of my favorite uh, X-Men films. Oh, Logan's really good. It's worth a watch. Logan, absolutely. You should see. I, I remember um, people like when it first came out, clamoring to go see it. And um, some of the adventures, maybe someone in this podcast went through to finally uh, get to a theater that was showing it. I, um, yeah, yeah, I sure <laughs> did. I literally had to take like three different Ubers with my friend because like the things were sold out and we ended up in the like side of a city. Like it, it was a lot of money later, <laughs> but we were committed and it was really great. I was I, I cried. Most expensive movie ticket Jake's ever bought. <laughs> I don't know, actually. My most expensive movie ticket is probably the collective cost of Endgame. How many times did you see Endgame? It was over. It was over 12. It makes me shake my head at you. And that's I want it to be exactly that soft. Not like, oh, I want to punch you in the stomach. No, I'm, it just makes me want to shake my head. <laughs> so uh, part of it, like part of it is because I really love that movie. But also part of it was I just really wanted it to be Avatar and Titanic because um, <laughs> fuck James Cameron. Um, but we could go into that at a later date. What are my other? Uh, <laughs> 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 I was going to put. So the reason why I didn't put this one is because I saw Matthew choose Evil Dead 2 beforehand um and i thought it would kind of maybe be similar um dawn of the dead 1979 romero i love that film but it had kind of a similar energy of what evil dead was kind of like doing and stuff with horror and like with like you know examining like genre and like stuff like that and like comedy even um but i just really love that film like personally and uh i i kind of it's just a fun pick but i thought evil dead 2 was just a little bit more fun yeah, I, I mean, as an, one of the other resident horror aficionados on this podcast, that's actually a fantastic option that didn't occur to me. I do think I still would have picked Evil Dead 2 over it. Yeah. Directly related to zombie movies. What? Please don't pick Zombieland 2. Please don't. Zombieland 2 <laughs> double tap. No, I'm kidding. Sorry, Woody Harrelson. I know we've met. Wow. What a what a plug. What a plug, man. The one that almost made the cut for me, but Evil Dead definitely edged it out pretty handily, um, was 28 Weeks Later. Oh, God. Yeah, that's fun. 
I think in particular, I think the opening is just so strong that like it's a extraordinarily memorable movie. That's a great pick. I love zombie movies. Just Evil Evil Dead 2 just edged it out. One of my other picks that I really, really considered, and I went back and forth on it, and I eventually settled on Home Alone 2. But the alternate that I almost picked instead of Home Alone 2 was Fast and Furious 7. It was a very different movie. Is that the Paul Walker one? All of the ones before that are Paul Walker, except for Tokyo Drift. Yeah, but that's where he he when he he died during filming it. Yeah. In a car crash. But they just they handled his goodbye so tastefully. And like that was after the movies really caught their stride. I don't know. I just thought it was super good. And making you guys watch all the Fast and Furious movies would have been hysterical. Yeah, that was good. (laughs) Look, if if I had seen as we were planning for this um, this bracket, if I'd seen you pitch Fast and Furious seven and you were going to make me watch seven Fast and Furious movies, I would have put uh, <laughs> Saw. You would you would have put Saw. I would have put Saw three D. You bastard! <laughs> I I said it before. Let the record show. I said it before he even said the movie because I know him. I know him. Say what you want. Have your fan theories about this man, but Saw is in his wheelhouse. I truly think, though, by Fast and Furious 7, they figured out exactly what the movies needed to be, and they just became the perfect distillation of what Fast and Furious is by that point. They're like, if you really go and watch all of them by Fast and Furious 7, you're like really in it. It's so fun. They're just a good time. It's a super successful franchise. Like it's a very like it, at one point it was making more money than like Star Wars. At one point, I'm pretty sure that might be that might be like the numbers were very like I did one of those. I saw one of those videos where it does like the by the years and it goes scrolls by really fast and the numbers like go up and down a graph as it like makes more money. And fe- like the Fast and Furious franchise makes money. Like people really enjoy those movies. So not a bad pick. Yeah. To their credit, I'm sure they I'm sure they are. I just unfortunately have only seen like half of the first one. You gotta watch more than that. Is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I will well, say, uh, I have to get it out there. My like edgy, like indie, like not edgy pick, but like indie more pick. Did you study film in college? I didn't study it, I perfected it. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, that's a shout out to Paul Rudd. He made that joke first. Hey, Paul Rudd, you should come on the show. Um, we've already featured. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Keep going. Uh, nope, that's where that ends. <laughs> All right. But uh, yeah, the, the before trilogy. I mean, I before sunset or before midnight. Uh, those are beautiful, beautifully written films. Like not really like you, you hear sequel and you think of films like, you know, like infinity war or like dark knight or like you know like stuff like that but like that's such a good just like really continuing a story in a very personal way and it worked and you know it was something that was smaller scale and worked and i i really really like the, that's some of the best screenwriting i've i've uh, seen uh, so i really liked the before trilogy highly recommend if anyone hasn't looked into those films it, it's been a movie that's been on my list for a long time or a series uh series of movies um i just unfortunately have not gotten around to it because i've heard only good things yeah fantastic i guess related to because you said small <laughs> Stuart little two <laughs> i'm sending out my predictions Stuart little two toy story three. Oh, 
I think that it just takes the themes set up by the first two films and builds upon them in a really elegant way. I don't necessarily know if it hits quite the same level of like expanding a world that I like to see in like a really stellar sequel. But I think from a thematic perspective, it does it really, really incredibly. And for a hot minute there, it was basically the perfect ending to the trilogy. And then they made a fourth one. Um, I know there's there's very mixed opinions on Toy Story 4, but it was ruined for me by by a little kid during the climactic scene spoiler alert where they're saying goodbye i guess it's not super spoiler alert because you don't know who's saying goodbye and to who but when they're saying goodbye a little kid in the aisle next to me just goes who's bonnie (laughs) i couldn't stop laughing for the last 15 minutes of the movie he's talking about the movie bonnie and clyde by the way or that netflix (laughs) one where they made a movie from the perspective of the law officers that killed them that was weird yeah, Toy Story 5. Um, so. <laughs> the movie that I considered, uh, Indiana Jones, Last Crusade. I think Sean Connery. Sean Connery is pretty excellent. Harrison Ford. It's like, if it had been... Sean Connery. Thanks, Jake. Made Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I would have been very happy. Whoa. Let, let's let's give credit. They said it was going to be only practical effects. And have you seen those monkeys? <laughs> Man, they're incredible. <laughs> are you saying you don't fuck with aliens come on dude like we should rewatch indiana jones 4 together i think that would be fun i'm gonna need another one of my drinks that i made currently to get through it us very drunk watching (laughs) kingdom of the crystal skull sounds like a great time but I, i i do agree with you on the last crusade though I very nearly, uh, well, I don't want to say very nearly picked it, but it made my honorable mentions list. Um, yeah, I mean, I love, I have a very soft spot for Indiana Jones. I watched them all as a child while very sick. I stayed up all night. <laughs> you sound, you sound like a fucking like way back in the day. Like I was in my nightgown and I was sick as a child. So it I was watched- 1973. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't alive that year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll just I'll, I, well i had to pick a year when like indiana jones was out or something <laughs> i don't think those movies are that old okay <laughs> fact check them. let's have our audience fact check them. nope we're cutting that we're we're cutting that whole section <laughs> <laughs> wow guys that's the first time he said that it's 19 minutes wow. in that must be a world record <laughs> i am gonna real quick just throw out some of the other movies that were on my list we don't have to talk about them uh spider-man 2 Sam Raimi, 2004. So, so good. So good. Nice. Alfred Molina is so good in that movie that he's coming back for the new Spider-Man Marvel movie. Big hype. What else? Uh, Winter Soldier and How to Train Your Dragon 2. Just great movies. Oh, it's fun. I like those. Uh, do you want to follow suit, Jake? Throw out, throw out a couple of last minute. Some of my last minute ones, Skyfall. Um, I actually really like the Bond movies. So Skyfall uh, definitely was up there. Adam's Family Values. Oh. That's like a nostalgic, fun the, yeah, the camp one. That's just a fucking great one. Uh, aliens, sticking to my sci-fi kind of like vibe. Only one left on my list. I think Matthew's going to... So one of the other ones, Terminator 2. Um, hmm. Oh, T2! Yeah, just because, man, it's it's a fun watch. And near one of like... It is like an action movie perfected. There are only a handful that, you know, are probably significantly better than it. Uncharacteristic of me, but Thor Ragnarok? Um, 
Yo, just because yo. I think it is so much better than the first Thor and the second Thor. Jesus, so much better than both of them um, and does so much tonally for I guess I said we weren't supposed to talk about we were just supposed to throw these out. But then I started talking about it. Hot take. I yeah, I don't like Thor Ragnarok. There will be no Taika slander on this. No, timeline. I mean, I love Taika Waititi. What we do in the shadows. So, so good. And, and Jojo Rabbit. Incredible. But I don't know. Tonally, it just like doesn't work for me. The like significant change to the Marvel Cinematic Universe that it throws out there and is just, oh, you know, that's my that's my distillation of the movie. <laughs> I, I am not as I'm not as big as these two on um, Marvel <laughs> stuff. And I think as a standalone movie, it's just a lot more fun than so much of what's come before. Yeah. I mean, if it was like sequel showdown, it is like you literally can't argue that it is in a leagues better than Thor the Dark World. I don't know. I kind of like I like Thor more. I like the first one more. Thor. Okay. I have such a weird pet peeve with Thor. They do so many fucking tilted shots in that shit. Like it's literally, if you watch it with the frame of like looking at it, almost all the shots are just diagonal for no fucking reason. Well, that's and it Kenneth pisses Branagh. me off so much. That's, that's Kenneth Branagh. Okay. Gilderoy Lockhart. I don't give a shit. And then the last one I'll throw out, leaving the the rest of my list in suspense, because this one I think would have won the bracket. Unfortunate that I, you know, didn't think of it till after. Gremlins two. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I would have voted for it every time. Like you really lost out on that one. Yeah, I know. I know. Wow, I haven't seen that movie in years. If you guys have any other honorable mentions that we might have missed, I know like you probably think of anything, like let us know. Like you, you couldn't really comment on like anything else because this is like we're putting this like as our first big thing. But we really want to know, like comment on us, tag us, like say, you know, make your arguments. I'll probably agree with you. They probably won't. They suck. So. Okay, Jake, wait, no, Jake, I'm the vanilla boy. I get to relate to our audience. That's not what you get to do. And I'm here to relate to the sponsors. Oh, wait, we don't have any. <laughs> Canada Dry. <laughs> if Canada Dry was going to sponsor us, this is where we'd put an ad break peeping for future future episodes if we ever start to make money off of this. <laughs> Canada Dry. The offers, it's it's open. Email us at uh, <laughs> at, at at gmail.com. Business inquiries, personal inquiries, uh, Craigslist classifieds, any of the above. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. All right. Let's get into it, guys. Shall we hop right in? Thanks for setting up the transition. You're welcome. Now we're going to talk about movie hop. <laughs> wow. Wow. This is a, a not a hop podcast. We're cutting out the mention of the movie hop. No, we are not <laughs> cutting out the mention of the movie hop because hop is a secret hint at what our second bracket is. Think about that for the next 30 minutes until we reveal it at the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, but pay attention to what we're saying. No, just really focus on that. Really zero Think in on Think about hop. <laughs> so hop. we've got the hop. Dark Knight and Shrek 2 Hop. going up against each other. Hop. On the top side of that bracket, the Dark Knight Hop. has made its way past Home Alone 2, past Creed, two fantastic movies in their own right, to come to the finals. Hop. On the bottom side of the bracket, we've got Shrek 2 making its way past Evil Dead 2, making its way past The Godfather Part 2, another stellar film to find its way in the finals against The Dark Knight. Hop. <laughs> that's where we find ourselves for the end for the final part of the sequel showdown 
It's exciting. I mean, like looking at it, looking back at like the bracket and everything, like, you know, like they've come across in all the movies. It's a fun matchup. I mean, it's fun that these two movies are kind of going toe to toe. I think it speaks a lot to what we feel and like the kind of like people we are. Where I think it's going to be a good matchup. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to choose. I'm very open. Is it because of my drink? Maybe. I think Alex is the only one that's not open. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty torn about how I feel about this being our final matchup, because on the one hand, I'm glad that if the Dark Knight makes it to the finals, it's going up against Shrek 2, a movie that I unequivocally love because I hate the Dark Knight. But I'm also sad that the matchup isn't something that I can like kind of think about i guess it's your game to lose alex because you've got one guaranteed vote if it makes you feel better i don't mean to beat a dead horse or anything but my picks haven't been talked about i voted for kill bill volume two jake i (laughs) voted for your movie okay (laughs) no more If you feel bad about me, uh, comment comment on the the, the podcast. Tweet at us uh, at Tough Cut Pod. Tweet, oh Jake, I love you so much. Your movies are so good. First one who does that, Matthew will send you something special. I cannot disclose what. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm I'm about to go tweet that at you, Jake, because I want to do something special. <laughs> Do you want to jump into it? I feel like at this point, hopefully the audience knows what these two movies are. If you don't, The Dark Knight is a battle over the heart of Gotham, primarily between Batman and the Joker over the very soul of Harvey Dent. Who wins out in the end? It's hard to tell. Shrek 2 is a fun romp in fairy tale land about a a friendly or not so friendly ogre trying to please his wife. Hell yeah. Something that we've talked about like a fair bit with the Dark Knight is the score and how it like accents the action sequences and like builds tension and all that. I think we have not had that conversation about Shrek 2. We've talked about the sequences, but we haven't mentioned really how iconic the music in the movie is. It has such incredible music. Opening sequence, Accidentally in Love. Mm. Uh, the sequence when they reach far, far away is they play Funky Town, Changes, David Bowie, so good. Then the final sequence, Holding Out for a Hero, such an iconic song in its own right. And yet somehow this movie makes the song, like takes it to a whole nother level. It's so incredible. What do you guys think? So I don't mean to be this human, but uh, soundtrack is very different than score. No, no, I, I, I agree. But I think like talking about how music functions in the movies I think the soundtrack of Shrek 2 functions similarly. You have to you have to compare like Shrek's like the the use of like they how they like build tension or like how they build comedy, which is a very like very good use. Shrek does a good job of it versus how the Dark Knight builds its tension with its scores and like Hans Zimmer's like scores. If you like do like of course you're not randomly going to hear like Hurt by Johnny Cash in the Dark Knight as to like insinuate like you, you know what I mean like Right. But there are a lot of animated movies that put music in as a soundtrack that it's in there just to be in there. I think Shrek 2 in contrast to that puts these songs in and the songs it gives the movie so much character but the character the movie lends so much character to these songs. Yeah. Jennifer Saunders as the fairy godmother singing Holding Out for a Hero at the end of the movie is iconic. It is the definitive version of the song that I think of when I hear that song. You know, I get that 
music or that soundtrack and score are two different things, but I think we got to compare something, right? I guess hopping into the discussion on this one, I do think both movies have very, very spectacular use of sound, particularly music. Obviously, they're used in similar ways overall, but for different purposes. I do think something that the Shrek franchise has like come out the gate with as a, a you know, as a staple in the series is like this integration of like modern pop music. That's probably the right word. I guess modernish music to like great effect. I mean, it's something you see, you know, like it literally stems from the very beginning of the first one, like All Star by Smash Mouth has become synonymous with Shrek. Um, And that is because of the way that these movies employ music is that like they build these really strong associations. I do think Shrek does it really, really effectively. Comparatively, I think the Dark Knight you know, obviously you're not going to like hear a song on the radio and be like and start thinking about Christian Bale's puffy, puffy lips that you just want to leave a little smooch to. <laughs> However, you know, maybe when you're you're listening to your studying playlist that's just movie soundtracks, it comes up and you just start to whip out a wicked essay because you're so inspired by the emotional score. Yeah, for all those college boys listening to Christopher Nolan's soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's our audience. Good job, Nolan bros, Zimmer bros. This podcast episode is for you. I okay. <laughs> that was not my intent. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know what you mean though. I mean I just think they have different emotional resonance obviously i mean shrek could literally transport you to such a specific time and i think that's such a powerful thing to be able to do early 2000s la old navy and starbucks old navy and starbucks <laughs> that's all I that's a that's a shout out to our our episode three of the sequel showdown if you haven't listened to it give it a listen it is the best episode uh start start episode three first yeah start with episode three hop something i think is really interesting looking at these movies in terms of theming because i do think there are maybe not necessarily maybe not necessarily like overlapping themes but like kind of paralleled almost i do think that there is like this idea of self-worth that is very central to shrek's story and i do think that there is this idea of like identity that comes up in the dark knight through this idea of unknown backgrounds and like what makes a man and some of that sort of thing um that i think is kind of interesting what is a man a miserable pile of i don't know the actual <laughs> i just like doing i like breaking out into dracula okay sorry sorry to interrupt hop <laughs> and just beyond that i think i think there's like a large discussion in terms of themes to open up between these two movies but just as like a, a hopping off point if there are any sort of overlapping ideas you guys see or how do you guys think these movies handle their theming like what do they do with it how effectively is it done i mean i've said how i feel about the dark knight's theming before i truly hate it i think it is so pessimistic about people as a whole meanwhile i love i love shrek's positivity true i mean you know shrek shrek is a very like positive movie something you were talking about in the other like episodes or whatever was talking about like the marital issue like kind of deal and like how like it deals like relationships and it also delves into like dealing with relationships between like shrek and donkey and with parents and like how that is um i thought it would be in-laws am i right (laughs) this is now a podcast (laughs) catering to 40 something year old married people (laughs) did they ever get into like shrek's parents did that ever happen in like the the sequels i don't think so I think it would have been interesting in this one, actually, this is a thought I had, like if they would have explored kind of like maybe part of his uncomfortability was his relationship to his parents. And I thought that might have been interesting, like, you know, deeper to expulge. But, you know, it's also a kid's movie and they can't 
pick up on all these themes at once. But just going into like relationships and like stuff like that, I think it's also handled in The Dark Knight. Like relationships are handled in a very interesting way thematically. Obviously, you have the Rachel and Bruce Wayne dynamic. Also, like, you know, what, like, you know, the commissioner's role is with, like, the mayor or with, like, the DA. I think there are, like, interesting, you know, parallels you can draw to, like, kind of analyzing relationships and how they, like, fall apart with, like, certain trust or communication. Obviously, one's a very more whimsical one. It's like Commissioner Gordon and the mayor are, like, Fiona's parents. And then Harvey Dent is Puss in Boots and Batman is Shrek. And the Joker is Donkey. And uh, why don't they all just have an orgy? I don't get it. Yeah. The Joker is Donkey for the explicit reason that he left his dragon wife pregnant and alone and didn't think about her once. <laughs> Drake a potion probably didn't even like either. Okay. Two, two scenarios. Either this dragon trans fucking formed in the middle of childbirth in the middle of like being pregnant at the end of her cycle, or she didn't transform because it wasn't her true love. What would the dragon have turned into? I think theoretically would also be a stallion, right? Why would it be a stallion? Because it's love's true form because they transform into the same thing. Shrek turned into a human. Fiona turned into a human. Oh, dragon stallion. They kind of rhyme, so I could see it. But I think also, Jake, you've never distracted yourself from problems by helping out a friend. I think that's what Donkey's doing this whole movie. Yeah, but your pregnant wife, you're distracting yourself from your pregnant wife. By traveling halfway across the world with your friend. He literally said, oh, she's booty. Don't want to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. Nutted up in there. <laughs> and he, and he's like, he's been doing it for weeks and doesn't know she's pregnant. Come on, man. Speaking of donkey nutting, did you guys ever go to Universal and do the like Shrek 4D? Just, wait, does donkey nut on you with the Shrek 4D at Universal? I don't know, but it sprays water on you. I remember that part. I, I literally <laughs> am out of words. I have none to address that topic with. I just it was always something that bothered me with that movie was how Donkey really just said, Okay, I don't care about my pregnant wife. What's the timeline for how long dragons are pregnant for? Yeah, that's a really good question. I guess it's only <laughs> like a couple of weeks. <laughs> or it's it, it's either that it's a couple weeks or donkey new well but okay but uh, donkey has been house sitting for shrek for a little bit of time as well yeah and he said that he's he wants to stay with them because she's been moody so she's been pregnant we just don't know how long hmm. and he doesn't want to go back to his pregnant wife like he he is the joker he is the antagonist of the story <laughs> So I've talked before about how much I dislike Christian Bale as Batman, but I think what is more relevant and more worth bringing up is how stellar all of the performances in Shrek 2 are. Obviously in Batman, you've got Heath Ledger and Aaron Eckhart, who are both fantastic. Mm -hmm. But in Shrek 2, you've got Mike Myers, you've got Eddie Murphy, you have Cameron Diaz, you have John Cleese as the king. I don't know if I would give Cameron Diaz... As Fiona, like I don't know if I would call her performance great. Like I think she does a good job, but I don't think it's as stellar as Mike Myers as Shrek. Okay, but it's great casting, and like even if the parts aren't huge, I think the the acting itself is good. Yeah, I guess my my favorite is Larry King as uh Larry King as the ugly stepsister is phenomenal casting, and that <laughs> so that leads me into another part of the conversation that I want to have, which is 
these background characters who just have minor moments, I think, stand out so much more in Shrek 2 than they do in The Dark Knight. I think you have the ugly stepsister. You have the improved characterization of the gingerbread man, of Pinocchio, of the wolf. These characters barely play a part in the story at all until that final sequence, but they each have so much character. They each bring so much. I think all of those characters individually add more to the movie than, say, Lucius Fox in The Dark Knight or Alfred, Hmm. who are meant to be like who are thrown in the movie as these big characters, but I don't think they add anything. I can actually see your point about how like Shrek 2 juggles its many characters a little better than the Dark Knight does. Again, I don't know why I keep coming back to this, but I, again, I think the, the Rachel is kind of handled poorly. And also other characters like Ramirez aren't the best. Even Lucius, I did def- defend him in like the first like episode. And it's not as like fun if you're relating it to like the comic books. Lucius has more fun parts and kind of like more involved than he was in the movie. Like, I'll, I'll give you that. The, the Shrek movies, like, everyone has a fun part. Everyone has, like, a role to play. You know, it, it's even shown in their extras. Like, Far, Far Away Idol, like, it features, yeah. like, other side characters. And you're like, yeah, that's fun. So, yeah, the, the juggle of characters, I definitely think, leans into Shrek 2's favor, even though with the deep pool that comic book movie, like, The Dark Knight and Batman's world gets to. I think that I agree with that, like, the, the characters are probably have, they have more character. Like, they're probably more memorable, particularly the side characters. However, I do think some of that is like to a certain extent is purposive. Shrek has incentive to make those side characters a little more vibrant and interesting as part of being not necessarily to attribute it solely to being a kid's movie, because I think you can have vibrant side characters or interesting side characters in in any media. But they like they have a different set of incentives compared to The Dark Knight, which I think on some level is trying to tell a fairly intimate story like the reason that the most memorable characters in the entire film are Harvey Dent, the Joker and Batman, I think isn't very intentionally done. Yeah. You know, I agree that Shreks are done better. I just think that they, we have to acknowledge that they're serving different purposes. I think they definitely are, but like Jake brings up like Ramirez and like, you know, obviously one of the big things that we've talked about for the dark Knight is how all of the characters have these different like philosophical beliefs. You know, you have like this whole plot point of dirty cops where it just gets glossed over. The characters don't stand out. Like, I have no idea which cop was Ramirez. I have no idea, except for the fact that he shoots one of, like, both of them. Truthfully, I don't remember which one is which. I don't remember which. So I think you have these characters who are supposed to, like, represent this whole philosophical belief, right? But they don't stand out in any way besides, like, Gordon, Batman, the Joker, and... Ramirez was the woman cop who portrayed Rachel. Yeah, I mean, those are the characters that represent like the most significant philosophical underpinnings, though. I think I I don't know. I don't know. No, I I definitely see your point, Matthew. I think what it is for me is it's such a shame because they have such a deep pool to pull from. Like this is a comic book movie about characters who already exist. Sure. And that they all those characters have deeper, like really complicated, really cool backstories rooted in this world. And so like, obviously, it's hard to do that in just one movie. I guess you technically have two movies because it's the sequel, right? To kind of build this world but it's for me like it's it does still lean in towards Shrek 2's favor. I said up front like I think that Shrek 2 does it really well and I agree I think that like handling of tertiary characters is done better in Shrek. But 
And I think this can be a good segue into a bigger conversation. I think tertiary characters are an important factor in what makes a good sequel because you have characters that bleed over from the first movie and it's the way that it builds upon those characters and the way that they they grow and enhance the shape of the world, which I think Batman has such an opportunity to do with these characters because like Jake said, there's so much lore, there's so much history, like they could have done so much with these characters. Versus Shrek takes these characters who were short jokes in the first first movie and builds it out into what will eventually become the community that the movie that the movies talk about as a whole. Let's be honest, you're saying it's not impressive that Katie Holmes transformed into Maggie Gyllenhaal for a sequel. Like you're saying that's not impressive. Yeah, honestly, I think there's a lot of <laughs> subtext there that you're kind of ignoring, Alex, in <laughs> saying that the these tertiary characters don't matter that much in The Dark Knight. That's an incredible transformation. <laughs> The fact that you guys are calling Rachel, Rachel, the core emotional relationship in the movie, a tertiary character, says so, so much. I don't think she's the main emotional relationship in the movie. I also was glad when she died. I mean, I think that the the major emotional relationship, I guess we might be defining emotional relationship differently, but I absolutely think it is the relationship between obviously Batman and the Joker. And then relatedly, the sort of triad of Joker, Batman and Harvey Dent. Like, I think that is like the character the core. said also Commissioner Gordon and Harvey Dent, I think, have For a sure. very, very interesting relationship that I really like. Like, I think there's a lot of dyadic relationships going on in The Dark Knight where characters are, are intense intentionally sort of post opposite one another. It's very evident that the Joker and Batman are. But then I also think that at the beginning of the film, you have Harvey Dent and Gordon posed in that way of like Harvey Dent is very public about the way that he fights crime. Like he is meant to be like a upstanding sign of morality. Whereas Gordon, you see, is very, very quickly willing to sort of give in to subterfuge as like a method of fighting crime and doing what's right. And that's like tipping him almost in between where you find Batman at the other end where being a vigilante is literally committing crimes to solve crime. PEMDAS cancels out, baby. Freshly. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um. Okay, but do you think Katie Holmes was upset that she wasn't in the Dark Knight? Like, or she, like, didn't want the not, part? Probably not, because they just killed the character anyway. Yeah, but, like... Yeah, because it's a shitty part in the movie. I'd be booty tickled. I don't know. All right, that's, that's me. Hop. I'm looking now in my personal like way, like what have they done even beyond like, you know, they're like sequel, like kind of a deal, what they've done for genre, what they've done for like animation or comic book movies and like stuff like that. And I think everyone talks about sequels like in Hollywood now and how like, oh, oh they're going to make a sequel of that. Like, why are they doing that? Because it makes money, baby. Well, because it makes money, but like, there's also the ones that stand out above the rest. You're proving them wrong that this shouldn't have had a sequel. Yeah. And I think, you know, in comparing like Batman Begins and like Shrek, like the what felt more like it screamed that it should have a sequel and what like proved people wrong or what like did something beyond that. You know what I mean? So I think I think that's an interesting conversation to have because you look at the success of Shrek and you think, oh, obviously they're going to make a sequel. But you think will it actually be good? Because in the early 2000s, animated sequels were generally trash movies that were punched out as quickly as possible to make as much money as possible. <laughs> they, they they still are. Uh, Illumination yeah. is now like the, the biggest animation company <laughs> and they are literally the epitome of shitting out sequels just to he make is money. calling out the Minions and Hotel Transylvania. Adam Sandler, baby. Obviously, they were going to make Shrek 2, but did it have any hope that it would be as good as it ended up being versus... 
The Dark Knight, Batman Begins was pretty much considered a flop. Well, I, I don't know if it was a flop, actually. No, I don't think it, it was considered not very good. I don't think it made as much money as they thought it was going to make at all, though. Like, but also it was the beginning of kind of like a superhero craze in that like space. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it was like it was post a Sam Raimi Spider-Man. So like people were making superhero series. So I guess like maybe they for sure knew it was going to have a sequel. I don't know. It's an interesting comparison. Attack of some of what you said, Alex. I do think it was probably more evident that in my opinion, that Trek was like almost guaranteed a sequel off of the the back of how much like how successful the first one was. I think it's hard to say and how good the first one. was. I, I unfortunately don't know if the plan for Batman Begins was to give it a sequel off the bat. But I do think the story is set up in such a way to like prepare for a sequel. I think it's important to note just to like a quick cut in here for you, like just to give context. Nolan doesn't sequel his films, right? Hmm. And this is the first time he sequeled a film. I'm thinking that Tenant's probably going to get a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Tenant, Tokyo Drift. All these Tenant jokes that I've I've made across these four episodes are going to be aged out like crazy. Someone listening to this show like three months from now is going to be like, what was Tenant? <laughs> <laughs> three months from now. Wow, bit, that's a big fuck you to Nolan. No, but like in general, like Nolan doesn't sequel his films. I mean, he probably won't ever again. This was a big like step for him personally, like as well, too. Like Shrek was Shrek felt like it was going to get a sequel so it's a versus to me to whether you care more about okay a film was going to get a sequel but it had no business being as good as it was or a film like was kind of weirdly got like a sequel in the space that it did but it also had no business being how good it was like you know what i mean so it's like different kind of conversations which is really interesting i think directly related to that let me fact check something before i say it yeah because like i don't think anybody i mean i'm sure people would have predicted it and would have said that they predicted it but but the Batman Begins, its sequel was going to like, I don't think if you told people its sequel was going to make a billion dollars and be like a marker for the rise. Win an Oscar. Yeah, like, the, yeah. The, like the rise in the cultural zeitgeist of superheroes to like such an incredible extent. I know this is something we've already kind of talked about in regard to the Dark Knight, but like, I don't think that's something people would have expected off the first because I, I don't know exactly how much money offhandedly that Trek made. It was also a boatload of money, the first one, and the second continued to make a, a whole bunch of money. Not that. Well, even the Batman sequels that we've gotten beforehand, like the only one that really like stands out to me is, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer and Danny DeVito, <laughs> <laughs> like in, in Tim Burton's. Critical reception of Batman Begins. It got an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. Audiences on average gave it a grade of A on an A plus scale to F. You You just perceive it as a flop because you hate christian bale batman i perceive it as a flop because i hate christian bale Hmm. i think retroactively i think it is kind of a flop i don't i don't i think it It, is well i think i think it's wrong i think we think of it as a flop because of the six i think people think of it as a flop because of the success of the dark knight Mm -hmm. but it was a perfectly successful movie and i think as a superhero series it was expected that it would be a trilogy. I don't think it was planned to just be one movie. I'm not that sure it goes no, first. Name to, other like superhero trilogy. Like at that point, like name another superhero trilogy that was relevant. Like I, I don't think people expect Spider-Man. Yeah, you. I mean, you would get that. That's it, though. Spider-Man was a relevant trilogy. They came at the same time. No, so the Dark Knight was 2008, right? Spider-Man, the third Spider-Man was in 2008, I think. Really? Was it really? I think the third Spider-Man was 2008. That's yeah. crazy that we got Dark Toby Maguire in 2008. 
that gives a lot of room for him to grow into the person he became featured in Molly's game. That is hilarious. <laughs> that Molly's game is a good movie too. Yeah, and isn't isn't Player X based on Tobey Maguire? Is like a real per- like that's that was the real that was actually Tobey Maguire. Oh yes, it's played on Tobey Maguire. Yeah, yeah, like the real life person of Player X was Tobey Maguire. It's a good movie. So Toby, if you ever want to come on the show. <laughs> hop so i guess getting a little bit away from this like success driven sequeling i think in a really strange way these two movies are some of the like most classically considered like when you think of a sequel it's the you know second movie comes right after the first one sort of deal like that's a sequel these movies are like some of the most like classical sequels of our bracket which i think is kind of really interesting that maybe you know we didn't like the avant-garde as much as we claim to (laughs) i did (laughs) i voted for kill bill volume (laughs) 2 i voted for evil dead so (laughs) yeah and look where that got us (laughs) (laughs) oh well which i think is really like kind of really interesting so like taking like a step back from that and sort of further considering what each of these mean as sequels related to their original not you know what they do for genre because i do think that both did pretty significant things the dark knight what it did for superheroes what it did for the zeitgeist of them for what you know as a cultural phenomena and the shrek franchise for what it did for animation in terms of mainstream critical reception i think is like a pretty big deal Mm -hmm. put dreamworks on the map too i mean like really really on the map you know so that that's a big that's a big thing for an animation studio to get like popular acclaim like people shit on animation way too much yeah which sucks yeah we love all types of movies on this podcast and we don't shit on any genre as a whole well yeah i guess we don't It's a joke. (laughs) Well, it's not a joke. I just don't know if I have a genre that I hate. If the genre is James Cameron, I may hate it. But like anything else. (laughs) I think at this point, I've I've thought of like everything and all that. I'm willing to vote right now. (sighs) Uh, So unless you had something that you were going to say, that's like, yeah, let's let's get it diggity down. Like, I I think I'm ready. Yes, let's go for it. For all of you, dear audience, I'm going to give you the sound of me cracking my pen open. Because if you're wondering how we vote, we write it down to hold ourselves accountable because this show, we're the real movie reviewers. Yeah, no, whoever wins this, like literally one, they have to sponsor us, everyone involved. And two, they win something special from Matthew again. I cannot disclose what. Whichever one of us pitched the winning movie gets $10. So... I'm really hoping it's Shrek 2 because that'll make a difference in my that life. Is, that is a lot. Whoever lie. doesn't have a movie left <laughs> in the bracket gets $10 sympathy. I have a bad feeling. All right, I'll go first because I'm very clearly in one direction. I voted for the animated movie that is in all of our hearts. Hop. Just kidding. Shrek 2. Oh, I can't believe you voted for Hop. <laughs> this actually was very hard for me, but I am going to go with Dark Knight. I went with Dark Knight. It's circled a million times because I didn't feel like wasting a lot of paper. And it comes down to me. What a long, strange trip it's been through our sequel showdown bracket. We've seen all manner of sequel. We've seen fantastic films, you know, every single bracket, every single matchup. And it all comes down to this vote. What's it going to be? What is going to take home the crown? Not necessarily as the best movie here, because we all know that was The Godfather Part 2. It was not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, it defeated Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, so I don't want to hear you tell it, Jake. <laughs> oh, fuck you. Oh, God, fuck you. I, I made a comment early on in this series of how I define a sequel, of how it builds upon what was left before, 
how it recontextualizes the what came before it. I said the best movie at doing this was The Godfather Part Two. Did you vote for the Godfather Part Two? <laughs> uh, uh, of, of this, of this uh, the best movie was Godfather Part Two, but that didn't win. So that brings us to what the second best movie in terms of doing that is. And I've got to give it to Shrek 2. I literally am the happiest I've ever been in my entire life, and I'm engaged. So that gives you a bar for how happy I am. <laughs> I'm engaged. Wow. Honestly, I'm happy with these results. Like, good kudos to Shrek 2. As the the one dissenting opinion, Jake, what, what put you over the edge? For me, I think... This one really, because I, I genuinely view these as pretty even contenders. Like literally down the line, I, I listened to like our other like conversations down, like the notes I took like over and over again, new points, old points and stuff. And I think honestly, it came down to personal preference. It, it, it did, which is, you know, like we try not to like sway personal preferences, but these were like so even to me because I genuinely love both these and have a lot of moments and memories with both of these movies and respect for them as sequels, where it was personal preference as to what I thought really shined for movies that I love going forward in the zeitgeist of like cinema and stuff like that. And so like, I felt like, you know, I, I really like superhero movies. I really like, you know, when they're able to go outside of like the box, kind of like what like Logan did from our honorable mention talk earlier. And I just thought the Dark Knights was that type of deal for me. But I love Shrek 2. Too, and I'm, I'm glad it got chosen even again love animation totally disrespected in just the world so like i'm very happy that it won this i guess somewhat similarly i was super super even on these unlike alex <laughs> <laughs> and i think in a, a a strange way what it came down to is i just i think super super close and it very easily could have gone either way but i think shrek 2 builds on its relationship to the first and you know i set out my criteria super early on in the series and if there's one thing i'm ph- philosophically consistent i think that <laughs> <laughs> Shrek 2 Shrek sets up more for Shrek 2 to sort of recontextualize and self in intertextually reference than Batman Begins does to the Dark Knight. Not to say the Dark Knight doesn't do it well. I think the Dark Knight would probably come as a very close third. But yeah, it it barely edges it out. I do think the <laughs> the Dark Knight is probably a better movie. I think Shrek 2 is a better sequel. I could dig that. I think it's so interesting because I feel like we're us three are on this interesting spectrum where I am someone who I think every single time I'm going to vote my personal preference, <laughs> where I think Matt votes very much based on the criteria of the bracket. And I think Jake is somewhere in between. Also, I guess my reasoning for voting Shrek over Christian Bale. I think The Dark Knight has too much Christian Bale. <laughs> and did I just call the movie Christian Bale? Oh, God. If, if you edited Christian Bale out of The Dark Knight, it would have won the bracket. That's all I'm going to say. Honestly, maybe. So which Batman would have won it for you? I think, honestly, if The Dark Knight wasn't a Batman movie, I would like it more. I can That's actually sort of get that. Like if it was just a more distilled political thriller rather than like a political, yeah, a political thriller rather than a superhero thriller. I think for me, it's just so entrenched in Batman or Batman is so entrenched in me that like, I'm always going to compare Heath Ledger to uh, Mark Hamill. I'm always going to compare mm. Christian Bale to Adam West to uh, like all the other actors who have played Batman. Like, 
Yeah. And I don't have that with Shrek 2. I just, I can watch Shrek 2 and enjoy it. Much luck to good wishes to Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like every time I hear a Batman movie is coming out, I genuinely hope that it's going to be good because I grew up with the Justice League cartoon. I love the DC superheroes and I've just consistently been disappointed by those movies. I mean, Wonder Woman was fantastic. I really enjoyed Aquaman, but like I enjoyed Shazam. Have y'all been thinking about Hop? Have you been thinking about Hop? Who's been thinking about Hop? Raise your hands. Just kidding. We can't see you. Here's what I'll say. If you've been thinking about Hop, there's something you should have focused (laughs) in on. Hop. It's a movie about a rabbit. It's a movie, you know, isn't he the the Easter Bunny son? James Marston. That's our next bracket. It's James Marston movies. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, guys. Just kidding. Just kidding. It is movies where animals are the protagonist. A nice far cry away from all of the violent movies that we picked for this bracket. Super excited for this one. Um, I'm I'm so excited. I'm going to say what movies I picked. I'll, I'll do it. Um, I finally got three picks, so I'm going to tell you guys what you can look forward to. <laughs> it's been a long road. It's, it's been, been a, a long road for me. Give me this. <laughs> So my picks are Mouse Hunt. Whoa, get excited for Mouse Hunt. 1997, you know, came out there. I love how Mouse Hunt is the first one you say. (laughs) I just was so excited about it. I was so excited. Mouse Hunt, you know, like Gore Verbinski, who directed the trilogy of Pirates of the Caribbean. We love him here at the podcast. We are huge Gore Verbinski fans. It's true. (laughs) Gore, we... If you want to be the first guest on this podcast... Hit us up. I literally would shit myself. Toughcutpod at gmail.com. Email us. I'm probably going to go and follow Gore Verbinski on all social media. Just <laughs> If you know Gore Verbinski's social media, his aide, let us know. Or tweet him at the Tough Cut pod. Get him, get him on our socials. Let's get Gore Verbinski trending. All right. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So Mouse Hunt is my, you know, number, number one pick. It's literally the number one seed. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Robert Zemeckis, you know, 1988, fantastic film and fantastic Mr. Fox, 2009, Wes Uh, Anderson. Very uh, excited. Great picks, Jake. Truly great picks. And I can throw mine out there. I picked The Lion King, 1994 edition, Roger Allers, Rob Minkoff. Love that stuff. I pitched the SpongeBob SquarePants movie directed by Steven Hillenburg, released in 2004. This is the the goofy goober SpongeBob movie, not not Sponge Out of Water or Sponge Out of the Run. The Hasselhoff one. The one with David Hasselhoff. Not the one with Keanu Reeves. Exactly. And my, or Antonio Banderas seeking out a magic book. Ooh, wow. And my third movie, probably a lesser known, but a favorite of mine, The Adventures of Milo and Otis, released in the US on in 1989, directed by um, Masanori Hata. Wait, is this a, is it a, it's a Japanese movie that was dubbed over in English. Yeah, it's a foreign film. Oh my God. I am listening. I am going to do, re, I'm going to watch the subtitled movie. I'm watching the Japanese version. I pitched our first foreign movie. That's incredible. I think it's surprising. I'm the vanilla boy. I think it would have been Jake or you. It would not have been I me. I feel like I would have weaseled the Japanese movie in somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing my hat into the ring with also a foreign film, Alex. I don't know if it's foreign in the same way, depending how you define foreign films <laughs> we can cut are you about to call paddington <laughs> 2 a foreign film are you about to pitch are you about to pitch mouse uh, hunt it, as it, a foreign it, film again that's crazy <laughs> 
hey. <laughs> yes. So my my first pick for animal protagonists is Paddington 2, released in 2017, directed by Paul King, about just the cutest little bear, Paddington. We love him. We all do. If you didn't get Paddington books as a kid, ask your parents why they why they messed up a little bit. I'll throw out there. I did not get Paddington uh, Paddington books as a kid, and I have not seen this movie yet. So no nostalgia for me. I'm in it for the hard facts. Yeah, I don't I don't care about this fucking bear. I don't care about the fucking bear. Well, ask your parents why you didn't get Paddington and why you couldn't be like a good British schoolboy. Where's your bangers and mash? <laughs> oh, shit. You guys hear that? There's some kind of British schoolboy in here. Well, where's that British schoolboy <laughs> coming from? <laughs> cool. We're going to we're, we're going to cut out the British schoolboy <laughs> from this podcast. <laughs> no, we're keeping this. Jake, Jake, keep this. <laughs> I do think it would be really funny. <laughs> If we cut out everything up into me being like, we're cutting out the British schoolboy and people being like, British schoolboy? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> My second pick is The Life of Pi 2012. And you know him. Maybe you know him. I hope you know him. Angley. Spectacular. Our bracket's going to be so fun. This is going to be a really fun bracket. It's mad stacked. Great movies. In our first episode for the animal protagonist bracket, we've got Paddington 2 going up against the Lion King and Mouse Hunt going up against the SpongeBob movie. So start watching those movies. Yeah. If you want to follow along with us. Ooh, what a concept. What a concept. Nice. Super excited. Keep in mind, we're all releasing this full bracket. This is our first bracket. We did it, guys. We literally did it. Look at us. Congrats to Shrek 2. Congrats to every movie featured in this bracket. It's a high honor honor to be in one of our brackets thank you for that for making I me voted feel for better. kill bill volume too i can't think of a bigger honor for a movie <laughs> to receive than being featured in a tough cut podcast bracket like that's a big deal we're gonna start sending trophies we're gonna mail them to publicly available dress addresses of these directors <laughs> <laughs> What an honor it is. <laughs> the biggest prize of all, Canada Dry, sponsoring us, <laughs> sponsoring us <laughs> too. Always be plug in. Follow us on the socials at Tough Cut Pod. Rate us on all your podcatchers. Subscribe, comment, you know, all that media engagement. And email us, <laughs> toughcutpod at gmail.com. If you're a representative from <laughs> Canada Dry or if you're Gore Verbinski's publicist. We want your business. Thank you so much, everyone.